to your new weekly favorite podcast, Next Stop, where you will find out all there is to know about trains. 2021 is the European year of rail, a year to remind us that the journey is as important as the destination. Trains are intertwined with the development of regions and cities. They are connected to culture, to art, and honestly, just bring out my best Erasmus memories. I am Claudia, and this is Next Stop, a podcast by the Spring 2021 trainees of the European Committee of the Regions. Starting from small steam locomotives, they now connect entire regions, entire countries, and even continents. The longest train ride in the world is between Portugal, where I am from, and Vietnam, with approximately 17,000 kilometers and would take 13 days to complete. Next stop. Joining us today is the member of the European Parliament, Anna Dupane Grunenberg, from the Greens, from Germany, to talk about the relaunch of transport after the pandemic. Anna is a forestry and environmental scientist from Berlin. She is a member of the European Parliament since 2019, where she is in the Committee on Transport and Tourism. Anna is also the rapporteur for the European Year of Rail. Anna, herzlich willkommen. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Summer is approaching, even though it doesn't quite seem like that in Brussels, where it's raining all the time. But restrictions are being lifted, vaccinations are gearing up. So, Anna, how was your last train ride and how much are you looking forward to your next one? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, I was uh, last week uh, on train. I went to uh, Berlin and um, I had there my vaccine. And so I was really happy and I met some um, colleague from the Bundestag. And uh, yeah, the trip was really easy and peaceful. Of course, we all know with the mask is not so uh, nice uh, than without, but it's necessary in those times. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to be more active and more um, on train uh, to Strasbourg and to Brussels and uh, to all place I want to visit in my um, in my activity as a member of Parliament. Uh, for example, we are uh, working on uh, forest and on illegal logging, and I plan to go to Romania to have a look there. And it will be good if we. Uh, if we do that by train, maybe it was a night train. We will see. I mean, we as young people, we are, you know, attracted to, to traveling and um, we are a generation marked by Erasmus and by international mobility. So I have to say, at least on behalf, on behalf of the COR trainees, we are also very much looking forward to our train rides, obviously always respecting the COVID restrictions. This year, especially because it's the European year of the rail and you are the rapporteur. Our question to you is, what is your assessment of this initiative so far? And what are your expectations for the months yet to come? Yeah, the, the pandemic made it difficult, this European year of rail. And a lot of events, of course, had 
to be postponed or cancelled. Um, but I think as a parliamentary really wanted to improve uh, the rail system and to make um, positive narrative from not only the future, where rail brought us today, but also where it can bring us in future. So we put a lot of uh, really concrete political statement in, in the paper, uh, the truck access charges, for example, to make it more fair in the future, to, to, to take the train more affordable. We want to have a more harmonized way of systems so we don't have to change uh, the lock or we want for young people and for everybody to have through ticketing so you can have one ticket and travel all over Europe like you're doing when you're taking um, a flight ticket. So not to make it so complicated like us today. And um, however, we are a little bit disappointing and concerned about the rail passenger rights, I have to say, because we have now uh, the force majeure coming in the new regulation that means it's not uh, so secure for a passenger to see that their rights are really uh, taking uh, account. And uh, we try to extend the European Year of Rail until 2022. Due to the pandemic, we want to see the revival of this uh, pleasure to travel, like you told me, uh, that people are doing that by train and really feeling the European Year of Rail. Yes, that's so true. Also, it's so important for our listeners and for the citizens to, to have their rights uphold. And it's very good to hear that our politicians are paying attention to that and trying to do the best they can, they can. Yeah, to make citizens' rights being <laughs> uphold. Because obviously, we have been living with um, restrictions in the past year. Uh, the railway sector has been severely impacted. Um, do you think that institutions and the member states are addressing enough funding, either through the recovery and resilience plans or the multiannual financial framework, to recover, but most importantly, renew the transport sector? Uh, definitely not. Uh, we have to change our investments' point of view. When you see how many money is spent um, for road and for uh, the aviation sector, uh, meanwhile, at the same time, less money is uh, put in the railway system. Also, we know that it's a more uh, climate-friendly there is a real um, problem in that. So with the recovery and resilience plan, we have a good start because we have at least 37% of the expenditure from the uh, climate investment should be done by the member states. That's a good signal. Uh, we know that few countries already said that they're going to invest a lot in the digital systems for making the rail system better. And uh, we have to be uh, careful where to spend the money in the transport sector. So we have a great potential of change for every euro we are investing. And so it will play a significant role in de uh, delivering the investment needed to make rail fit for the future. And yeah, we hope that uh, the young people like you are going to, to push in that way. Uh, the decision of the future. Yes, definitely. Um, we are at a time that we have to harness the potential for change 
and this generation are very um, active with their ideas and they really are true true um, change makers. So we also want to see a stronger and more resilient uh, transport sector. And um, yeah, we are very thankful for all the work that uh, you have been doing so far. At the same time, the railway sector has been less impacted than other uh, sectors, for example, the aviation industry. Um, how do you think that these two sectors can work together to create a greener, more resilient and stronger uh, uh, transport system? Yes, um, we have to say that, of course, the aviation sector is going difficulty to prove that they are green because they are not. Also, we cannot travel to other continents without a plane. But what we can do is um, cooperate better between railway system and aviation regarding the long distance flights. So the, um, the short haul flights are really the most impacting the environment comparing to the number of kilometers you're doing. So we have to reduce them. And for that, we have, of course, to provide some alternatives, some good ones. So the night trains that we can really have all over Europe uh, to permit to do some connection uh, around a thousand kilometers that would connect uh, Europe cities. We have also to uh, look that the infrastructure is also good for high-speed train connection, but also for the regional and local um, because you have to start where you're living or where you're working. And of course, nobody is just, or few of us are just living close to the main station. So we have, of course, to have a look on the regional um, public transport, dif a different way to go to the station. So that's uh, the way we can do a new transport system all over Europe. And uh, of course, we have to pay attention to to the fuel and to the energy sector in the aviation um, to put some clean uh, energy in that. And uh, and we will see, I suppose, the aviation sector become a little bit more expensive, but I hope we're going to have a lot of good alternatives with, uh, with train connections. Yes, I definitely hope so too, especially for the local and regional level. That's very important and I really appreciate you bringing those examples. They are very important for the members of the Committee of the Regions. Um, and it's very important also to address the issue of sustainable mobility. It's also very crucial for the local and regional level and it's one of the nine pillars of the European Green Deal. So maybe you can give us more examples of how we can make the railway sector, especially at local level, more convenient for the citizens, because it's not just about telling uh, our citizens to switch off the key of the car and take the train. We also have to make those connections viable and efficient. Yeah, I think, first of all, we need a better ticket platform. Better well would be an EU platform, so where you have really all relevant information about all system. You can maybe do some filter, so you can say if you want to be quick, if you want to be cheap, if you want to be really comfortable, so you can really choose. And you have all the offer of uh, all different uh, railway undertaken, but also 
mixed them maybe with uh, some alternative like bus. So you can really make uh, your journey from A to B and C in this platform what would be the best for you. We need a unified ticket sales system across the EU. So you know that your ticket is really available from A to B and you're taking with you your rights. Even if maybe sometimes you're just missing a connection, you can take a next one and your ticket is just uh, available for that too. We have to make the public transport more affordable in the countries and in the region. We have to think about alternative uh, ideas about the last miles, maybe some uh, local taxi or bus in the better way uh, with electric engines so you can do the last mile uh, to, to go to your place and you can really plan your journey. And uh, if necessary, of course, the countries have to subsidize the economic irre irrelevant areas because just even when we have a whole system and everywhere, you can uh, you can say to people okay so now there is alternative look at them you, you can do some uh, really interesting stuff when people are moving we know from the um psychology of uh, of transport that people when they are moving getting a new job having family they are the key moment when they are thinking about new about their mobility and when you're moving it would be really nice that the local transport is offering you for instance for one month a card you can use uh, for half price or maybe just for free uh, the public transport also the to rent a bike and so on so we are just catching people when they are moving and giving them the opportunity that uh, are the thing we can do uh, to make an innovative and resilient rail sector and uh, to put uh, just possibilities for people. Those examples are very, very interesting. And I really like the fact that you brought uh, the aspect of psychology of transport. I personally wasn't aware of those examples and I feel like I learned a lot from them. And I also really appreciate you bringing the aspect of making public public transport more affordable because for young people that's so important for us we have to pay a lot of us and also for workers have to pay the the pass to go to work to go to uni that can be a huge expense in our budget in the end of the in the end of the month um unfortunately uh, we are running out of time we have to come to an end of this podcast interview so we just want to ask you if you have any final message for our listeners to engage the to so they can engage in the European Year of the Rail, and what do you hope to be the impacts of this initiative for the coming years as well? Yeah, I think uh, what everybody can do is get in touch with uh, political decision makers at the local level uh, to visit and organize uh, by yourself events and contribute to the debate with the ideas and concern about uh, railway travels. What is really useful is to spread your experience. That's really important to have really personal experience by traveling by train or night train, to share maybe on social media and uh, just to speak out loudly what you want the society um, from tomorrow to be and maybe put the hashtag and uh, we have the EU year of rail. We want to celebrate and to promote the rail for both cultural significance and everyday importance. So um, I would like to invite everybody to just ask for improvements for passenger and to engage locally 
And I hope that will be my last sentence, that the study we put on are the Greens um, for the EU Commission and coming out in autumn, we are going to have really good answer, answers how to create fair competition between mode of transport and put all the externalities, so pollution, accident, um, all this stuff in the price, so we really can compare which kind of transport is the best for our citizens and for future. We are Mila, Xavi, and Jose, and we welcome you to the Pop Wagon, the cultural section of Next Stop. During the next episode, we will show you that trains are present in our lives in more ways than you think. Trains are actually everywhere. Trains have been part of our societies, cultures, and lives for almost two centuries, leaving the marks of the rails everywhere. Sit in our cultural wagon and discover them with us. All aboard! One good example is the presence of trains in films. These vehicles have been represented many times on the screen. In fact, trains have been connected to movies since the dawn of the seventh art. One of the first movies ever made was The Arrival of a Train, from 1896. This short film, made by the Lumiere brothers, featured a close-up shot of a steam train pulling into the station. According to the legend, during the premiere at Paris, the audience panicked and vault for the back of the theater, thinking they were going to get crushed. Very funny, but that's not true. Oh, come on, it is. Nope. Party pooper. Another guy who panicked in relation to trains was Tsar Nicholas II. During the First World War, Russia went through a very turbulent period with the Soviets taking control over the whole country. In March 1917, the Tsar was returning to the capital in his personal train, when after the fall of Petrograd, he was forced to resign by his own military staff. Still inside the train, he was forced to abdicate. Poor guy. Yes, and I'm sure that when they captured him, they didn't respect the social distance or the use of face masks. As we promised, the world of trains never ceases to amaze us. Indeed. It is fascinating. That's why we want to recommend you a museum, and we will do so in each episode. Today, we bring to you... Train World, a museum which opened very recently in Brussels, where this podcast is being recorded. It is the official museum of the National Railway Company of Belgium, and it displays 22 historical locomotives. Well, I haven't visited it yet. Really? It's here in Brussels. We should go now when we finish the program. Let's go then. Wait, wait. Before finishing, we won't like to say goodbye without presenting our quote of the day. It doesn't matter which side of the track you're from, the train still roll the same. From the handicapped sportsman Robert J. Hansel. For sure, Tsar Nicholas would not agree with these words. On one side of the track, he was the emperor of one of the great European powers. On the other side, he soon got imprisoned and he didn't end well. But okay, let's not take the quotes literally. Great, I'll take your advice. I hope you'll do too. Also, we hope you've enjoyed our first trip with the Pop Wagon. Stay tuned to our podcast and discover more about the world of trains. Adios! Adeus! Dovigenia! The European Year of Rail is an initiative by the European Commission to raise awareness to the many advantages related to trains, 
trains are comfortable, they are more accessible, more affordable, and most importantly, they are more sustainable and a key player if we want to lower our carbon emissions. From the European Committee of the Region side, we also want to highlight the importance of trains in bringing regions and cities together, especially those which are far away from the main capitals. So get on board and the COR trainees will take you on a journey through the cities and regions of Europe.